Welcome to the Authentic Church Podcast with Jeff and Fawn Peterson in Orange County, California, where our mission is simply to love God, love people, and live authentic. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com. Thank you for listening. Uh, Welcome to Authentic Church. You know, this is a new season for a lot of us. It's a new season definitely for the students uh, who are here, uh, students from Vanguard, welcome back. Uh, it's good to see you. I was told yesterday that this is the largest class that they've ever had attend Vanguard. There's more people on campus this year than any year in the 102 history, uh, 102 years of history of this of this university. So welcome. Uh, it's an honor to have you guys with us. Uh, we're part of the pastoral team that helps to take care and do our best to pastor the student body. So whatever you may need in this season, we just want to let you know that we're here for you. And uh, we're grateful for you to join us today. Uh, we've been going through a series that we titled Jesus People. And it's a bit of a wink and a nod to what God has done in this area, what he did back in the 70s uh, with the Jesus People Movement. Some people don't realize this, but what started here, right in Newport, right in our backyard, with all these people getting saved and baptized and then started getting planted in church, and then years would go by, and they would get raised up, and they'd get sent out, and they literally planted churches all over the world to the point that in the last 50 years of history, there has been more people that have come to Christ than the previous 1,900 years combined, just in the last 50 years. So people say, I'm praying for revival, and I am too, but we're living in revival, so it's pretty awesome. And so we've been going through this summer just taking a look at the life, the ministry, the teachings of Jesus. Uh, Jesus is the most prolific person who ever lived. He was not just a good man, a prophet, or a teacher. He was and is the God-man. Jesus lived a life and then ended up dying a death he did not deserve to give you and I eternal life that we didn't deserve. And we think it's something worth praising about, worth worshiping about, worth talking about. And so here in this house, we have a vision. And the vision of Authentic Church has been to encounter God, to discover community, and to fulfill God's call on our lives. Why is our vision to encounter God? Well, put simply, I don't know anybody who is living strong for Jesus that did not have a God encounter. And it's not like a one-time thing. It's, it's, it's an everyday thing. It's an every week thing. It's, it's an encountering God where you're actually communing with God. That's why Jesus came, is to bring you closer into relationship with your heavenly Father. And so those daily God encounters, it's not something mysterious. It's not something that the super spiritual can only do. No, God is actually such a loving dad. He just wants to spend time with his kids. And our prayer is that during worship this morning, maybe you had a God encounter. You know, I didn't grow up in church. Um, actually, well, kind of. I grew up Catholic, so this was a really different church. This would have been a different church for me. Maybe it felt a little bit different to you today, but I grew up Catholic. My uncle was a priest, and, uh, and so I grew up going to Mass and then going to confession on Fridays in my Catholic school, trying to think of something like, what did I do bad this week? You know, I cussed, I punched my brother. You know, you're coming up with all these things to tell the poor priest who's sitting there and listening to all these kids lined up confessing their huge sins of their life as a fifth grader, you know, and, uh, and so, but when I, as I went through life, uh, I had a moment where it's like, you know, I've, I've known about God, but I wouldn't say I really knew God. How many know there's a difference, right? Like, like, 
I can, I, can, I can know about Justin Bieber, but I don't really know the Biebs, right? We're not hanging out. Like, we're not going to In-N-Out today or Randy's Donuts or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I know about him, but I don't really know him, right? So you can know about God, but not really know him. And if you don't know him, if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, the Bible says that actually as great as your deeds may be on earth, as, as great as and a nice person as you might be, the Bible's pretty clear that the, the people that go to heaven are those who have a relationship with Jesus. And it's not meant to be in a mean way. It's just that God so loved the world that he made it so crystal clear when Jesus died on the cross for the forgiveness of your sins and mine. He made it so crystal clear. It's like all of heaven is shouting, this is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. And the, God, the way to get to eternal life is only through Christ, through Christ alone. So we've been unpacking this, uh, the, the, these, these miracles and these moments where Jesus had an encounter with somebody like you, like me, where there was a moment where he paused and then turned and called somebody, healed somebody, talked to somebody, saved somebody. There's, there's these moments that you read about and you see in scripture, and I love what God has done. How many know God is still doing that to this day. Many of us are sitting in this room because we had a moment, we had an encounter with God around certain people that led us to a moment where we woke up this morning and said, you know what, I'm gonna go to church. For some of you, you're laughing because it's like, it's a miracle that you're in a church today. And you're like, is the building gonna collapse? I promise you it won't. <laughs> you know? you're, you're safe. It's a miracle that you're alive. It's a miracle that you're alive in today's there goes the lights. It's a miracle that you're alive today. It's a miracle that you're physically walking today, some of you. It's a miracle that you didn't die when you were young. It's a miracle you didn't drown in that ocean. It's a miracle that you were saved from that car accident. It's a miracle that you're sitting here today. It really is a miracle. And I gotta tell you, if there's breath in your lungs, there is purpose on your life. And God wants to do something in and through you in this season and, and my prayer is that today, as we dive into the scriptures, as we lean into what the Lord has to say to us today, my prayer is that something on the inside of you lights up. Something on the inside of you goes, I know I was created for more, and this is it. So I'm gonna pray, and then we're gonna jump into it, and maybe, as I pray, maybe somebody could hit on on all the lights. That would be super cool. Let's pray. <laughs> God, thank you so much for your word. Your word is life. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. God, and we're asking you today to speak to us. Speak right to our hearts today, God. Nobody came here to hear a man speak, God, but we all, we all came to hear you speak. And so in these moments together, God, we're just asking you speak. Your children are here listening. What do you want to say? What do you want to say to me, God? I want to have ears to hear from you today. So speak. I pray that you would silence any voice that is not of the Holy Spirit today that you'd remove any distraction from our minds. And God, we just lean into you and we lean into your word and we honor you. And God, as we honor you and our time together, we know that you're gonna honor us with your presence. And so Lord, we just say welcome, have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Well, I don't know, how many of you grew up like playing uh, recess? You'd play like kickball or uh, baseball or soccer or whatever, right? I loved playing kickball. 
and uh, I went through a season where I was kind of like, you know, I was the bigger kid. So if you were the biggest kid on, you know, in the class, you, you kind of were just looked at as a leader on the playground. <laughs> Maybe not in the classroom, because I certainly was not in the classroom. <laughs> but when you're just a big kid, it's kind of like, you know, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna, you're gonna rule the schoolyard, right? And so me and a couple buddies, we would always play kickball uh, during recess at school. And, you know, you, you, you remember how it would be like you'd have two captains, right? And the two captains would tell everybody else, okay, just kind of line up, right? And so, okay, you guys all stand there, and then who do you start picking first, right? You start picking your friends. Hopefully, they're talented, and they can actually kick the ball or catch, you know, somewhat athletic. And then it kind of slowly, the pecking order <laughs> was shown, you know, as it got thinner and thinner, and the kids are standing there like, I'm not getting picked. I feel like a really awesome person today. Thank you for reminding me how lame I am on the schoolyard, right? So you'd go through, and then finally, it'd be kind of like, Okay, fine, you know, we'll take Justin. All right, fine, you know, Justin, you can be on my team, you know. And so you'd, you'd finally come, and it's like, okay, and the kid's like, great. I mean, we didn't even think about, like, you know, how, how just, you know, you know, crushing that was to the spirit of a young person, right? And then somewhere along the lines in my life, I grew a conscience. Did you ever have that moment, like maybe around fifth or sixth grade? Suddenly you grew a conscience, and you're like, you know what, forget this, man. I'm just going to pick, I'm going to pick, like, the most unathletic person and I'm just going to bring them on my team because I'm pretty confident that I can kick this ball over them, their mountains. So I'm just going to go ahead and bring them on my team. And, and because I'm good, I'm going to bring them and we're going to win anyway. So I just started picking like the lamest kids, right? The, you, know, you know, like the ones that just couldn't barely kick at all, you know. I'm like, you're on my team. We're going to win. They're like, yeah, you know. And, then, you know, and I just be praying like, just don't kick the ball to that person, please, you know. And, then, and you go through that, right? Well, I love the fact that, you know, Jesus... He's like that. <laughs> when you read about how he picks the disciples, it, 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 it's, that, it's that kid on the playground that grew a conscience, right? It's, it, he looks for the ones that nobody's picking, and he's like, I pick you. And, and they're like, you, you pick me? That's why they all dropped everything they were doing, and they're like, I'm game, right? He walks up to a bunch of fishermen. They're fishing by the sea, and he's like, hey, you just heard this message I preached? Come follow me. And they're like, they drop their nets. They're like, I'm out, I'm gonna follow the rabbi guy. He walks up to the tax collector's booth, come and follow me, right? And he's calling these different people. And he's calling you and I, and thank God he wasn't looking for the most talented, uh, the most gifted. Uh, he, he looks beyond that and he sees inside of you something that's so special, so precious. And he says, I can breathe on that, I can work with that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you awesome. I, I, I'm going to put my spirit inside of you. You're going to do things. It's going to blow your mind. In fact, all the stuff you see me do, Jesus said, greater things than what I'm doing, you're going to do. Like that's, I, I believe in you. And this morning, I want, I want you to hear the heart of the Father as I believe he's calling you this morning. I think he's telling you, I believe in you. It's going to be a great year. This is a new season of your life. The old is past. This is a new day. And you're going to walk in it, and you're going to see it. You know, I've, I've, I've heard it said before that it says, uh, I'm just a nobody telling everybody about somebody, right? And, and I like that saying. I'm just a nobody, and I'm telling everybody about a somebody. But the fact of the matter is, if you're in Christ, you're not a nobody. In fact, you're pretty powerful. You're pretty special. And it says in, in the Word of God, it says that the prayers of the righteous person, and if you're, you know you're righteous if you're right before God. If you put your faith and trust and hope in Jesus Christ, you're righteous. Your righteousness is gained in a moment. Holiness is a lifestyle. Righteousness comes in a moment. So you know you're righteous if you have a right relationship with God. And it says that the prayers of the righteous, man, they, they avail much. That's powerful. 
And so as you put your faith in God, when you pray for things, stuff begins to happen. This morning as we were gathering together with the, with the serve team, and uh, by the way, I'm so grateful for all the people that come and help and serve and set up and do the TVs. Can we just give it up for the serve team this morning? So grateful for the serve team that gets here and the, the people that are teaching the kids today. And uh, by the way, the serves team's expanding. If you would like to serve, uh, you can, we'll be sending out a text this week and you can get involved and serve in whatever capacity that the Lord would lead you in. But uh, I'm so grateful for that. And when, you're, when, we, when we bring our gifts and our talents to God and he begins to breathe on it, it's so cool because he begins to multiply what's in your hand. When you're a faithful steward of what God's put on the inside of you, it's amazing the doors that begin to open for your life. And, and so even though that statement, I'm just a nobody telling everybody about somebody, yes, but when you're in Christ, you're actually a somebody. You're somebody. And if you're going to live for Christ, you're going to have a bit of a target on your back. I wish it wasn't the case. I wish I could tell you that when you live for Christ, it's sunshines and rainbows and dolphins and everything changes and it's perfect and it's beautiful. But that's not the case. I used to think that. I don't know. Has anybody ever thought that? Like you go to a church and you're like, that's, they're just perfect people. You know, you, you know, and hopefully, you know, you've already realized it's definitely not the case with the pastors of this church. But, you know, it's, you know, it's like you, I used to think like, oh, they just kind of have it all together. Those people, they, you know, they, 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 don't, they don't color outside the lines. Like they're, they're good students, right? They, they got a great marriage. They got a great family. Like, you know, and, and those are byproducts of living before Christ. And, yes, there should be things in your life that look different from the world. But the fact of the matter is that we've all been saved, and it's the grace of God that we're here today. It's the grace of God that we're married today. It's the grace of God that we're pure and holy. It's the grace of God that our singleness is still strong. It's the grace of God, right? It's the grace of God. And when you, when you look at the landscape of life, sometimes you can get so focused on doing in a season that we can forget about just being. And so I wanna talk to us today from that standpoint, in Jeremiah 1.5, if we could eavesdrop on a conversation that God has with a man named Jeremiah, he says this. He says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I knew you. You know, God, when you look at creation in Genesis, you read about creation, God spoke everything into existence until it came to man. And with man, he formed you with his own hands. And he breathed life into you. And so he says, before I formed you, I already knew you. I, I knew what you'd like. I knew what you'd dislike. I knew what would irritate you. I knew where you'd be confident. And, and, and I, I, I knew areas where you would lack that self-esteem, where you would feel a little bit uh, like this is, beyond, this is beyond me. He knew where you would be shy. He knew you, where you'd stand out. He knew how you'd love your coffee and your frappuccino, mocha, latte thing, whatever it is your foo-fooey, fruity drink is. He, he knew, he knew. He knew that you would like your coffee black and you just like it, that, that's the way, right? He knew, he already knew these things about you. Before he formed you, he knew you. Nothing about you surprises God. It might surprise you sometimes, but it doesn't surprise God. And, and I wanna remind some of us and, and just tell the rest of you God has placed purpose in every single one of you. He's placed purpose, destinies. He's crafted you for a calling. He, he's wired you for your work and what you're doing. He, he's, his hand is on you. There's certain things that only you can do that I can't do. 
that you're gonna do it better than anybody else. There's certain things that I'm gonna do that you can't do. Praise God. Today I'm holding a microphone. <laughs> but some of you, you could hold the microphone and speak better than me. Some of you, this would terrify you, right? My mom, we talk about it all the time because my mom and I are both kind of like the verbal communicators in the family, but she is terrified of speaking in front of people. And I remember learning this when I was a kid. I'm like, what? My mom was the first female executive for Macy's Corporation. So she came up through the ranks in the 70s and the 80s. I mean, the 70s, that's in the 80s, that's when they like still smoke cigarettes at their desk, right? I mean... <laughs> in an enclosed office, you know? I would go visit mom when I was a kid and you're just like, <coughs> you know, come out smelling like an ashtray from grandma's house, you know, like, you know. I'm, and, and my mom, and she, she commanded this massive uh, workforce of over 4,000 people, oversaw the entire West Coast for Macy's Corporation, and man, and there was guys, grown men, that they were afraid of my mom. They were, she was like a Deborah. They were afraid of her, they're like, well, Stay away from KP, Kathy Peterson. They would call her KP. Stay away from KP. And so I'd rock up onto the scene as a little kid, and they would just, like, pay massive respect to me and let me do whatever I wanted to do on the, because they knew that my mom was there. Well, I want to tell you today, you got a heavenly father that's in the room today, and he wants you to get a glimpse of who you are in him. Amen. All right, so we're gonna jump into a little bit of the message. We've been going through and taking a look at these moments where Jesus had, had this moment with somebody. And uh, today we're gonna take a look at the calling of a man by the name of Matthew. Now Matthew, what you should know about him is he was a tax collector, okay? It'd be like one of the 87,000 brand new IRS agents that are getting hired. <laughs> Coming to your door. You ain't going to be excited to see that guy. I feel so bad. If you work for the IRS and you're here today, I feel so bad for you. That's got to be like the roughest job. Good news, it's a free country still, <laughs> and you can go get another job if you don't like what you do. Just letting you know that. But Matthew's a tax collector, and his job was if you, if, if you were passing along the road, his job on this thoroughfare was to stop you and have you pay a tax. So you can imagine he wasn't necessarily well-liked in society. And he was, a, he was a Jewish man, and he was taxing his own people, and he was fattening the pockets of Rome. And in that area where he worked, it, he was, it, was a lucrative, it was a lucrative spot. It was a lucrative trade route. There was fishermen. Uh, there were there was uh, different uh, areas of the economy with olive oil and and uh, there was different barley and their harvests and different things like that and they would have to come for living in that area and they would have to pay a tax. So he's not necessarily the guy that you're inviting over to your house because you don't want him to know what you got in your house because if he sees how much stuff you got, he can just simply say, "Man, that's an awesome plate. I'm going to take that plate." <laughs> he's the friend that you don't want to know how good you're doing because he's going to be the guy like, man, I see, man, you're rolling. you got that brand new, v man, could I borrow, could I have, could I, you know, when I was in high school, we had vending machines and you would have to put your dollar bills in them. You know, now I think you just wave a card or whatever. I haven't, I haven't what was a lot, has anybody used a vending machine in the last five years? I don't know, maybe you have. Okay, I'm the only one. Okay, I have not used the vending machine for years. But when I was in high school, there was like these guys that would like always be hanging around the vending machines. 
and they were just like the super mooches of the school. And they're like, hey, bro, can I have 25 cents? Can I have 50 cents? I, I, I don't have any money, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, bro, like, dude, I go out and work after I get off school. I don't know what you're doing, but why don't you just go get a job and then you can come, like I worked at a car wash, right? I'm like, just go get a job and then you can have money to buy your own stuff because I'm buying stuff with my money that I worked hard to come here to go to school and buy my, I want my stuff, you know, like, no. I'm like, it drove me crazy and they were just kind of the hanger oners, right? Yeah, like Matthew's kind of like, like he wouldn't want, you wouldn't want him knowing what because he'd be just hanging on and be like, I want some of that. Can, you, can I just have some of that? Can I have 25 cents, 50 cents, a dollar, whatever it would be, right? So here's Matthew. And so we're gonna pick the story up and the calling of Matthew and, and it's in Matthew chapter 9, verse 9 through 13. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there with me. If you don't have your Bibles, we got a big Bible right here on my right and on my left. You can read it there with us. Matthew chapter 9, verses 9, it says this. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, hey, why does your teacher, why does he eat with all these tax collectors and these sinners? And on hearing this, Jesus says, hey, like don't talk to these guys, talk to me. If you're gonna talk smack, I want you to talk right to me. So Jesus calls these guys out. He says, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. He says, go and learn what this means. And then he quotes out of Hosea 6. He says, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. And I love how Jesus, of all scriptures he quotes, he decides to quote Hosea. Now, if you're not familiar with Hosea, Hosea was a prophet in the Old Testament, and, 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 and he drew the short straw from heaven, and he was asked to marry a prostitute. So his wife, Gomer, don't ever name your kid Gomer. So his wife, Gomer, was a prostitute in the area. And God said, I want you to marry her. And in your marriage to her and your faithfulness and her unfaithfulness is going to be a sign to all of my people that I'm constantly coming after them. And so Gomer would come and sleep with Hosea. And then after a time, she would go back to her old ways and she would engage in, in, in sex, in, in, in prostitution. And Hosea, as the prophet, would go and pick her up and bring her back home time and time again. And he would, he would, he just, he, he had to love her based on the love of God, and God used this as a picture to show everybody, no matter how many times you walk away from me, I'm gonna come after you. And maybe you're sitting here today, and you feel like God is coming after you, and he is. He's coming after you. He's coming after you. He wants to have a relationship with you again. You might say, man, I feel like I've blown it so many times. I feel like I've fallen into that sin. I feel like I'm unclean and what, and you might be. But I want you to know the Lord is saying, beyond all that, that's why my son came and I'm pulling you back in. So Jesus quotes this prophet who's going after his wife. And I could just imagine certain times in Hosea's life where he's made fun of, he's ridiculed. It's like, what a pathetic human being. You can't even keep your wife at home. She's out running around on you. Pathetic. And here he goes, and he's like, excuse me, uh, can you move out of my way? And he's pushing 
back through the crowds and the guys in the red light district and hearing different sounds and goes over to where he knew where his wife would be and removes people and grabs her and picks her up and brings her back home. It's not the healthy that need the doctor. It's the sick. How many of you know we've all been sick? How many of you know we've been wrong in our thinking, wrong in our approach, wrong in our actions at times? And Jesus is calling you today. And so he, Jesus quotes the scripture to these Pharisees and he reminds them, he's like, guys, you're looking at what's going on here with me eating with all these sinners in your eyes and it's for that reason that I'm here. That's why I'm here. So why don't you shut your mouth and go read the scriptures out of Hosea and remind yourself about my love for you rather than sitting here and being judgmental towards them. I just want to let you know, if you're here in this church, no matter what you've done, no matter what might happen in this season of your life, that we're here for you. As a pastor, I'm committed to being here for you. I'm committed to walking with you through this season of life. As long as God has you in this house, I'm telling you, my shield is your shield. And my wife's shield is your shield, ladies. And I really encourage you, if you're a woman in here, I wanna encourage you to go to the Arise Night that's coming up in a couple Fridays. Every time the women gather together, there's something that's just powerful that happens. And women, y'all need each other. Men, we need each other too. But women really like getting together and talking and everything else. So women, don't miss the Arise Night. All right, little, little plug for my wife. All right. The title of my message today is The Calling. The Calling. And uh, kind of the subtitle there is, It's Time to Close Up Shop. <laughs> Jesus called Matthew, and immediately Matthew, what does he do? He closes up shop. He walks away from his past. Some people never actually encounter God and actually have a life that looks like they're walking with Christ. It's because they keep going back to their booth. They keep going back to that tax collector booth that God called you out of. And today, I'm on a mission to tell you it's time to close up shop. That the time is now. You can't be a part-time Christian. You can't sort of have a relationship with God. You can't try to kind of, man, I kind of do this church thing, but then over here I'm with all my friends and I do the party thing, and then I'm over here. No, no, no. You're either all in or you're not. You're either hot or you're cold. And God's calling us as a community of faith on this campus here at Vanguard in the middle of Orange County to be a light where people come in and experience and encounter God. So my, 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 my sermon in, in summary is God is calling you today. So Jesus calls Matthew and he's calling you up and he's calling you out. Jesus calls Matthew up to a new place. And so uh, my, my calling, when you think about calling, sometimes that can kind of mess with us, right? Because we're like, what is my calling, right? Anybody ever get hung up like, I think I missed my calling? You ever go through a season like that? Like you started down a path and you're like, oh man, I blew it. Like, Man, if I would have only done this, then I would have done it. Like, you know, especially when you're single. You're like, you're single. You, you could choose to go to a class in college when you're single, and then you're like, I'm going to meet my spouse. And I know that nobody in here thinks that, but I'm telling you, like, at one point, I knew a guy that kind of thought that, that if he just took this class, maybe he would meet his spouse. And then you're there, and, and then you don't meet after the first year, and you're like, man, I knew I should have picked that other class because that's where she was at. Oh, Lord, I missed my calling. I know, whatever it might be. Maybe you started down the path with your career and you get five years into it and you're like, this sucks. I can't stand doing this job. I think I missed my calling. 
And, and the truth about your calling, it's not so much what you do. It's, it's really who you are. And even bigger than that, it's whose you are. You'll be called to do a lot of things in life. Like I tell my kids, there's going to be a lot of things that's going to catch your eye. But then there's going to be those things that catch your heart. Those things that catch your heart, that's where you go after. That's connected to your calling. So when you think about the life of Jesus, the ministry of Jesus, you know, we know that he called 12 people. But some people don't realize he actually called 13. Jesus, if, if the rich young ruler would have said yes, he would have been the 13th disciple. And he was like, man, I'm, 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 I'm doing my best to, to keep the law, and I'm, I'm doing this, and I'm prosperous in my business. I'm, I'm a leader in what I do. I'm, I've got authority. I have servants, etc. And if he would have said yes, that rich young ruler, he would have been the 13th disciple. But he couldn't do it. He just, he had all these things going for him. He had the pedigree. He had the right family line. He had the right friend groups. He was on the right path. But Jesus was calling him closer, and he decided to step back. Man, how much regret do you have in life when you step back from something that Jesus calls you to do? I used to uh, run different companies before we launched Authentic Church two years ago. And uh, one of the things that I love to do with all the brand new hires is I would put them through this training. And in the course of the training, my, my, my real desire, my prayer was, they're going to come to know Jesus, okay? So that, that, was my, that was my main passion. And I figured, I'm paying them, so I'm going to have them sit down and take this class for two days. So I would have them in this new hire training, and, and it was really human effectiveness. And I'd go through and help them to discover their values and, and write their vision. And, and I would have them write out, uh, in, in one of the segments, I would actually have them write their own obituary. It's like your obituary is what they say of what they write in the newspapers when you're dead and gone, right? Herein lies Jeff Peterson. Fill in the blank. And if you've never done that, buckle up, have a great afternoon. You're gonna, <laughs> you might have some tears. But when you take a moment to write out, it'll help you think about why am I doing what I'm doing today? And so I'd have them write their own obituary. And then one of the, the last big questions that I would ask them, and they're employees of mine, right? And so uh, my goal is they're going to be a long-time profitable employee for my company. But the reality is if they're not, I want to help them discover what they're called to do and get them out the door as fast as possible so I don't waste any more money or time with this person unless God has them there for a purpose. And so one of the questions I would ask them is, if you were to die today, what's one thing that you knew God was calling you to do that you did not do that you would so regret? I would ask this in the middle, and I would literally have grown men in tears, crying. They'd come into my office after the training was over and they'd give their life to Jesus, being like, man, I know I'm called to more. And I'm saying, you're right, you are. And Jesus is here for you. And I'd lead them to the Lord in my office. My question for you today is, what's the one thing that if today was the last day that you feel, man, you know what? I didn't do that. It might be a phone call to somebody that you need to make amends with. It might be, you know what? I feel like I was called to help more people in in a homeless ministry, it might be that. It might be like, man, you know what? I really feel like I was called to go on a missions trip. You know, I feel like I was called to actually write that worship album. I feel like I was called to write that book or to do whatever it is, write that down. That becomes some action items that you'll put some time into over the course of this next season. But the more that you recognize 
who you really are in God's eyes, that's your calling. The more you recognize who you are in God's eyes, the less you'll be who you were in the eyes of the world. The more you recognize who you really are in God's eyes, the less you'll be who you were in the eyes of the world. And I love this uh, scripture out of Ephesians chapter 4. This is the Apostle Paul. He's writing and he says, Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you, I'm begging you, Ephesians church, I'm begging you, authentic church, I'm begging you, Vanguard students, I'm begging you, lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Like, hear the emotion in that. Like, here's Paul writing to them, and he's like, guys, I'm, I'm begging you. Like, be, before you think of all the doing, would you just be reminded that I'm calling you to live a life that's worthy of your calling? Live a life that's worthy of the calling. The calling is more about who you are before what you do. I was, uh, Fawn and I were at breakfast with a friend of ours, and on her wall, she has uh, this stenciled out picture, and it says, be before do. Just being with God before you do anything. So I want to encourage you this year, this season, tomorrow, Monday morning, especially for uh, you parents that are sending your kids to school or you students that are going to start classes at 8 a.m. tomorrow morning and that alarm's going to go off. Before you do, just spend time and just be in his presence. Spend time just being with the Lord. When God calls you, he's calling you to a who before he calls you to do. He's calling you to himself. 2 Timothy 1.9 says this, For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, because that was his plan from before the beginning of time to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. He's called you. He's called me. You're a child of God. For me, when I, when I look in the mirror, I had to remind myself when I first started following Christ, I'm a child of God. That was kind of odd to me, to look into the mirror and be like, yo, man, you're a mighty man of God. You're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. I didn't feel that way. And you may not feel that way, but I'm telling you, that you gotta go to what the word of God says, not based on feelings. If you live your life and follow your calling based on what you feel, your heart will deceive you. You're not always gonna feel it. You're not always gonna feel like you're a Christian. You're not always going to feel saved. Somebody asked me, how do I know if I'm really saved? My question back to them is, what does the word say? If you don't know what the word says, then anything I tell you is just going to be fluff. You need to get into the word of God and understand, why do I know that I'm saved? How do I really know that I'm saved? How do I know? I know that I'm saved because I put my faith in Jesus and those that have believed on the Lord Jesus shall be saved. That I've confessed with my mouth, I believe in my heart that Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. I really believe that. So then I'm saved. So when I don't feel saved, then I remind myself of scriptures like that. Luke 19.10 says this. It says Jesus is talking. And when Jesus spoke, uh, in, in theological terms, you would call it like a holy knot. It, Jesus had the words and the works, right? So Jesus was the perfect example of coming with the proclamation and then also a demonstration. 
So there was the proclamation, the hearing of the word, right? And then there was the demonstration. So it's this holy knot that we see where there's word and there's work, right? James talks about faith and works, right? Faith without works is death, right? So there's this holy knot that you see throughout the scriptures where there was word and then there was works associated with it. And so Jesus said that the Son of Man came to seek and save those who, who are lost. Salvation is from, the, the word saved is sozo, and it refers to forgiveness, deliverance, and healing. Acts 4.12 says, there is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Then in Acts 10.38, it says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who are under the power of the devil. Because God was with him. We're going to take a moment now. I'm going to, I'm going to show you a clip from a TV series. And we've been, we've been pulling from this TV series called The Chosen. How many have seen that, the TV series The Chosen? It's an awesome series. It's a great, it's, just so you know, it's, it's an artist rendering, an, artist, an artistic portrayal of the life of Jesus, okay? You don't watch The Chosen for your doctrine, Okay, you, 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 you watch The Chosen and it, and it helps to you just to see some stories in a different way. And there, there's some uh, artistic freedom that they've taken, but they do a really good job at painting the picture. And so the, the, the sermon that we, or the uh, story that we just read, the historical account of Jesus calling Matthew, we're going to take a look at it through the eyes of the guys in The Chosen. And by the way, if, if you've never seen it, um, we got permission from, um, from their crew and Dallas Jenkins to be able to show this and use it. And you can also scan that QR code and it'll take you to a page where you can actually, for free, you can just uh, watch it anytime you want, you stream it on your phone, device, whatever. Um, but we're gonna watch, go ahead and roll, roll the clip. <laughs> See the Parthian foot races last night? Darius ran like a gazelle. Jews don't go to foot races. Your old friend Simon himself used to run the wagering tables. We're not friends. Next. Okay, fine. So you did not go to the races? You stay home? I went to see my mother. Ugh, that would put me out too. She asked when you're going to give her grandchildren? She didn't ask. I thought your parents don't speak to you. I had questions I couldn't ask anyone else. A mother of a son with talent like yours should be proud. She's ashamed that I could use the talent that God gave me against God. Next. You're good at something. You found a way to make a living doing it. 
It's that simple. Must be nice to live in a world so simply ordered. We live in the same world, Matthew. Next. Besides, what else are you going to do with a mind like yours? Matthew. Matthew, son of Alpheus. Yes. Follow me. Me? <laughs> yes, you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh. What are you doing? You want me to join you? Keep moving, street preacher. Do you have any idea what this guy has done? Do you even know him? Yes. Listen, I said to... What are you doing? Where do you think you're going? Guys, let me go. Have you lost your mind? You have money. Quintus protects you. No Jew lives as good as you. You're gonna throw it all away. Yes. I don't get it. You didn't get it when I chose you either. But this is different. I'm not a tax collector. Get used to different. I'm glad we passed by your booth today, Matthew. Yes. Shall we? We have a celebration to prepare for. You will regret this, Matthew. What's the tablet for? I grabbed it without thinking. You can put it back. No, no, keep it. You may yet find use for it. Where are we going? A dinner party. I'm not welcome at dinner parties. Well, that's not going to be a problem tonight. You're the host. I'm going to have Kara join me up front here on the piano as uh, we close our time out today. And I just want to encourage you today, you've been called. And anytime Jesus calls somebody, we all have a choice. You have a choice to embrace that. You have a choice to run to that. You have a choice to resist that. You have a choice to walk away from that. Whatever your choice in that matter, there is massive ramifications. And I don't know if you're here today and Maybe God's calling you and you feel like, man, I, I'm supposed to be here. <laughs> I, it's a miracle, just like you said, that I'm even here today. This is just the beginning. I love how that last scene ended. It said, Jesus looks at Peter and is like, get used to different. 
church isn't going to look the way that you think church should look. Just because I like something or you like something doesn't mean that's what God likes and the way that he wants to move and do things. Sometimes it looks a little bit different. Sometimes it even feels a little bit uncomfortable. But Jesus didn't die and take the beatings that he took and die on a cross so that we could be comfortable. (laughs) He wants you uncomfortable, but he wants you to know that you're called. So even in the uncomfortability, even in the vulnerability, you're called and he loves you. Like he's got crazy love for you. And my prayer is today that we're all catching a glimpse of that. Just like Matthew when he called him out, I I love the look in his eyes, kind of like me. (laughs) You're calling me? Yeah, he's calling you. You might say, well, I'm too young. He's like, I'm calling you. You might say, I'm too old. He said, you ain't dead yet. I'm calling you. I'm calling you. You say, yeah, but you don't know about my divorce. I I don't care. He's calling you. you. You don't know about my struggle. He doesn't care. He's calling you. It does not matter. His call trumps anything else that you may feel. In fact, any time that you feel less than, you can, you can understand and know this, that is not God. God is calling you out and he's calling you up. And if there's things in your life where you look and go, you know what, I'm engaged in kind of this aspect and there's something in my life that I'm not really proud of. Jesus is like, he wants to go have dinner at your house tonight. He, he, he wants to talk to you about that. He wants to heal that area. Jesus is so beautiful. Like there's, He brings healing to areas of your life that medicine will never get to. He does. He is the healer. That's who he is. You say, man, I, I feel like I fumbled the ball. I feel like I've done too much. He's saying, nope, nope, never, never. What I did, man, takes care of all that. If you'll just trust me, if you'll believe in me, this morning he's calling you. This morning he's reaching out to you. This morning he's inviting you into a relationship with him. And you know, when you follow Christ, you might walk out of the doors here today and it feels like nothing changed, right? Same stuff that was outside, same issues, life, debt, family, job, blah, 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 still there. And all that, maybe nothing has changed but everything has changed. And so I'm gonna lead us in a prayer. And I'm gonna invite the prayer team to join me up front on both sides right now at this moment. If you're part of the prayer team at Authentic Church, you can just come up to the sides. And we're gonna end the service today with prayer. We do this every single Sunday if this is new to you. Uh, We do it every single Sunday where we have a time of prayer. And it's just that we have a closing song of worship where we worship God and we just honor him in this moment. And sometimes that's just, God, thank you so much. <laughs> I'm, sometimes I'm just overwhelmed with thankfulness. Sometimes the Holy Spirit, we're doing business. Like he's doing, he's doing some heart surgery this morning. And we're just all gonna stand together. So if you're here, just go ahead and let's all stand together. And if you're here today and you're like, man, I need a place, I, I need that relationship with Jesus. I don't have that relationship. 
or you want to make a fresh commitment to Christ this morning, I'm going to lead you in a prayer, and it's just the beginning. But God doesn't want you just to pray a prayer and go away. He wants you to pray a prayer and stay. I don't mean physically stay. I mean like spiritually. He wants you to get grounded. He wants you to have roots that go down. He wants you part of a church body. And he wants you part of a church family that you can walk with. And so I'm going to pray a prayer today that's going to lead you into a, a time of salvation. If you've never prayed the prayer and you're wondering, man, I want to give my life to Jesus. I, I, want, I want to have a relationship with him. I, I don't have verbiage for what that looks like. I'm going to lead you today in that. I'm going to provide you the words. Kind of like at a wedding ceremony. When I've officiated wedding ceremonies, I lead the, the bride and I, I lead the groom in their vows. And I'm going to kind of do that between you and God now. And so if you would just join with me and pray this prayer, Lord Jesus, come on, let's say it as a, as a community of faith, if this, is, if this is your heart, Lord Jesus, I believe in you today. And I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I, I pray that you would wash me clean. Make me new. I want to have a relationship with you. So I invite you right now to take over my life. Holy Spirit, I give you free reign to speak to me now. Lead me, guide me, direct my steps. I repent, I turn away from sins and things that I've done that doesn't honor God, and I turn to you now. Lord, have your way in my life, amen. Come on, can we give a round of applause? If you prayed that prayer, we're clapping here, but heaven is clapping right now for you. If you prayed that prayer from a sincere heart, I'm telling you, I remember that moment like it was yesterday in my life. When somebody led a prayer like that, and it's like, man, suddenly everything was different. Everything changed. I still had issues. I still had stuff I was going through as a single dad trying to figure out my way through the world with a baby, going, what am I doing in life? There was still stuff I had to work through. But everything changed because there was a new person that was calling the shots, and his name wasn't Jeff. His name was Jesus. Amen. <laughs> so I'm going to have Kara lead us in this song today. And I want to encourage you, worship. What is worship? It's basically singing a song to God. It's like if, you, if you've ever been in love and you, you, know, you kind of feel that sense of romance and you sing a song. Like I would sing songs to my wife when we were dating, right? It's kind of like that, only it's, it's, it's better, it's more pure, it's more holy. And you're singing a song, it's you're singing a song to God. And the goal is that it goes from being like karaoke, where you're just singing some words on a screen, but you're singing it from a heart, a heart that's redeemed. So she's going to sing this now. And if you need prayer for anything, I just want to encourage you, just make your way up. If you're a student here today and you're like, hey, man, I, I would like some, I would like prayer for this season. I want prayer for this. I'm praying for financial aid. I'm praying for my classes. I need prayer. I'm away from my family. I'm, I'm, I'm praying for this. If, if you're needing healing in your body, the last few weeks, we've had people get radically healed of stuff. It's just been awesome. If you have pain anywhere in your body, we want to pray with you today. But we're just going to open the front for a time of prayer as Kara leads us in the song. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com.